HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to Life's a Banquet with me, your host, Cruella Antoinette DeVille, and me, a Dalmatian. <laughs> a tiny, speckled, cutesy little Dalmatian baby? I, I think I'm a grown-up Dalmatian. Oh, really? <laughs> well, that would explain why you're so mean. <laughs> yes, very mean. Um, and also, that just reminds me of my favorite mug that I ever saw, which says, in dog years, I'm dead. <laughs> oh my god did you see that at like a spencer gifts i'm sure no i don't know where i saw it like on the internet i was looking for stupid mugs to send to my enemies <laughs> um for any of you young baby listeners out there who don't know about spencer gifts it was a wonderful <laughs> store from the 1990s a wonderful store it was amazing i used to go when my parents like first got divorced and i would spend like Every other week with my dad, he was big on taking me and my stepsister to the mall. And he would like famously plop himself on a bench for like hours, just kind of staring and smiling. God knows what he was thinking about. Hopefully he was high. And uh, he would send us into Spencer Gifts and we would get like tr- a troll doll every other week, <laughs> which now is like taking up a storage unit in the Brooklyn Navy Yard that I'm paying like $150 a month for, for like a troll's apartment, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> But, like a uh, little commune. Yeah, it's like a little troll commune that I just pay for. Um, but yeah, and then you could get things that were like, the diet starts tomorrow. No ifs, ends, or fat butts about it. Like stuff like that. <laughs> and gas. And also edible underwear. Edible underwear and like things that were kind of risky. Like it was kind of a first introduction to like penises and vaginas, but in cartoon form. Right. Yeah. It was like inappropriate, but somehow we're allowed to go in there. I don't know why. Yeah, it would be like a lot of like poop, like fake poop you could get there. <laughs> I got all my fake poop there until they closed. And also they had like those keychains that have a condom inside that says, in case of emergency, break glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't understand how this could be, what sort of emergency? I don't understand because <laughs> I'm like 12. And then they also had those things that had like little spiky pins that you put your hand in and it made like an impression of your hand or your face. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, what, that's, really, 
everything you could ever possibly want that was made in China. Truly. And that's back when you could like put your face in the same thing as some like 20 million other people's faces. And Ew. it was fine. <laughs> that, and people would put their tongues in there. Uh, yeah, people would put their tongues in there. Um, and then we would like go to the movie theater at the Smith Haven Mall, which was so 90s. And inevitably see some kind of like, you know, 90s action movie. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I always think of like the Batman with Mr. Freeze in it and drink like Diet Pepsi and uh, Sour Pepsi. Pepsi Kids. That was what they had there. I'm, I don't, I firmly am against Pepsi, diet or otherwise, but unfortunately, that's all we had to go with. Thankfully, all the movie theaters I grew up going to were Coke movie theaters filled with cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> As a small child, you know what else I was afraid of when I was a kid? Um, pretty much everything, but since you asked about movie theaters and my fears of them, you know how there was that urban legend when we were younger about how, like, people would put AIDS-infected syringes in the movie theater seats? I don't know. Oh, that was a huge thing in Long Island, and so, like, my family and I would always check for, like, AIDS needles before we, like, sat down. (laughs) My family and I would together, a fond memory that I have... Well, of like, AIDS hysteria. <laughs> of AIDS hysteria. As though, like, someone is going to, like, just be able to dismember, like, an entire movie theater seat, take the stuffing out, and then sew it back up without anyone noticing a commotion. And then you wouldn't notice that it was, like, unzipped, you know, unstuffed when you sat down on it. It's, it's an illogical also, like, fear. what... It's not like the, the syringe is filled with AIDS. That's it's exactly like right. that allegedly a person who had AIDS stuck it in their arm and then dismantled a movie theater seat, re-sewed it back together in the hopes that someone will sit on it before the AIDS virus dries up. Exactly. It was hysteria. (laughs) I mean, truly, when you think back on it, that's like homophobic, anti-gay hysteria in the 1990s. Totally. I took it hook, line, and sinker because I had a lot of fear (laughs) as a child. (laughs) I was like, also the kid who went to go see Ebola when a outbreak when I was nine and came out and like checked for Ebola like every five minutes I was like I think I see a pustule over here <laughs> my parents like you need to go to therapy um anyway <laughs> hello I've, I've also been scared of needles though but this is a real fear from the actual needles at the Rockaway beaches oh, that yeah. I would go to <laughs> yeah or in ball pits those things are actually full of needles they are not I used to jump in the ball pit all the time. It's like my favorite thing to do at Chuck E. Cheese. Me too, but there's like chainsaws in there. You know what's actually the worst, most like the biggest threat to humanity and children and specifically is a wave pool. Oh, I love a wave pool. Me too. I just also love the idea of chainsaws not running, just, <laughs> just like in there. Turned off chainsaws, which are fairly harmless. <laughs> I guess if you leap upon one. Yeah, you don't want to jump on yourself. one. We were in a wave pool, though, when I was, we went, there was this place called Splish Splash, which was like in fucking Ronkonkoma, which is kind of like literally the crotch of Long Island where the two forks meet and it lives up to its uh, image. But There's um, also an airport out there, though, eh? Yeah, I used to I've been to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. It's a breeze to fly in and out of there. But um, there was a uh, water park called Splish Splash, and we were there when we were kids. My sister, like, you know, is enjoying herself, splashing around in the waves, my stepsister. And uh, she pulls her hand she's back in. She's splishing and she's splashing. She, she was splishing and splashing, and then she looks in her hand. She's holding a fucking turd. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no! Was it her own turd, though? Uh, possibly. We'll never know. <laughs> 
but it was a turd. I can confirm that. It was not a candy bar. It was a turd. And then everyone had to leave the water. It was horrifying. Oh, that is horrifying. And you think this is specifically because it was a wave pool? Yeah, those things they're... are fucked up. You don't want to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> fucked up in there. It's all kinds of but shit. But a regular... Why is a wave pool more fucked up than a regular pool? Because the waves make people feel even more comfortable leaving things behind <laughs> that they should not. <laughs> like poops and diapers wow. and syringes, their dentures, pet crocodiles, <laughs> chainsaws also. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there always are a lot of crocodiles and chainsaws in the wave pools. I don't even, do, do they even have wave pools anymore? Uh, the last time I saw a mention of a wave pool, did you watch that show with Danny McBride, The Righteous Gemstones? Yeah, I was just talking about this with someone because I've never watched that show, but I've seen that first episode where they're trying to baptize people and then the wave pool turns on <laughs> accidentally and everyone gets it's like, so drowned. It's so <laughs> funny. To be honest, I hate to say I didn't like think that the show, it didn't really live up to my expectations, even though I, I love everybody in it. It wasn't as funny as I would have wanted it to be. But that first scene is so fucking funny and amazing. Uh, just like a bunch of, four people trying to be baptized and they just get splashed away. <laughs> it's truly one of the funniest moments in major motion picture history, I believe. I, I believe agree. it to be true. I agree with you. <laughs> I believe it to be true also. Um, and Danny McBride wrote that show, or writes it still, I guess. Um, He's very talented. So I wanted to like it more than I did also. I didn't really give it much of a chance, I guess. I watched it all the way through because John Goodman is also in it and he is my yeah. actual hero for his acting ability, but also he reminds me a lot of my dad. Sure. <clears throat> and I've always loved it. I was a huge Roseanne fan, and I've followed him ever since, the ups and downs and all arounds of Mr. Goodman. But, yeah, it wasn't my favorite. But I'll give it – I would give it another chance, I guess. So if John Goodman called you and was like, let's meet up in a wave pool, would you go? Oh, of course. With John Goodman, I'd go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> What about a ball pit for grown-ups filled with chainsaws? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, literally, the chance to spend a little bit of time with John Goodman, I would, yeah. I would basically go anywhere that there weren't frogs. That's where I have to draw the line, obviously. It's probably, like, probably would have to be, like, a Friday the 13th-themed ball pit. And you would get in there? <laughs> yeah, an eyeball pit. <laughs> Full of eyeballs. Sure. Oh. Yeah, I definitely would. So, um, anyway, how are you doing? You're having a nice weather day there tomorrow, but you're preparing for a ice storm, aren't you? How did you know that? Because my mom is a fucking, like, <laughs> absolute, like, harbinger of doom when it comes to the weather, and she knows the weather everywhere and tells me about <laughs> why to be afraid of it. She knows the weather everywhere. She's essentially, um, like, a tiny Al Roker. I'm not sure why she chose to be a therapist and not a, a weather woman, but alas, well, here we I are. Think we're led to believe by television and movies that when you get older, you only want to talk about the weather. And so that could be what's happening with her. But I also really like talking about the weather. Sometimes I have to stop myself because the people around me are falling asleep. What do you but like so I, much about it? You're interested in like high and low pressure systems or what is it? I, yeah, I'm just like really interested in knowing <laughs> about how my day is going to go and what to wear. Oh, that's very important. Of course. <laughs> that's very important. There's a middle ground, right? Like my mom calls yeah. me and she goes, because she knows how I find it to be irritating when she tries to make me frightened about the weather. Like if it's raining, she'll prefer that I don't like leave the house. And I don't yes. like that. And so she, it's dangerous because it's so slippery in New York and there's needles everywhere. There, I might slip and fall into an AIDS needle. 
But like, then <laughs> I'm like, so she tries to be sweet about it. And she's like, oh, the sky is falling. The sky is falling as though she's like making fun of herself. But I know she's actually really like terrified for me to get like, you know, hit by lightning or something. So <laughs> it's a really like, but at the same time, I like to know the weather too. But she is the thing with Bobby is that she assumes that unlike 90% of the population that has a, you know, an iPhone or access to the internet, I don't choose to look at the weather to know to prepare myself for some reason, like I just don't do it. And I no matter as many times as I tell her when I wake up, Bobby, I look at the weather, like everybody else, she can't understand that I would be able to even know what it meant. <laughs> well, she probably doesn't think that you know how to like read the high or low pressure systems. Or read or like Celsius, or maybe you have the Celsius turned on instead of the Fahrenheit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's true I do have Celsius turned on to challenge myself but mostly it's a challenge because I've never learned Celsius that's like my mom we had a VCR and it automate you know automatically set itself to military time and <laughs> she refused to change it so that we would learn military time so now I know military time everyone that's ask amazing. me anything that's also European time <laughs> ask me anything what time is it right now huh huh Ace? <laughs> What time is it right now? It's 13 o'clock. It sure is 13 o'clock. 1,300 hours, I guess, if you're in the military. 1,300 hours from what? Uh, Certainly not our today's blazing lava hot episode, like that segue there. No, that's not, that's a bad segue because I have something to tell you that I forgot. Oh, okay, great. So I was driving in my car. Well, first of all, yes, we're enjoying a balmy 55 degree weather today and I went outside and I'm like, it's nice to wear a jacket in February. Right. Um, and, but we're about to have a fucking icy, literal like ice filled blizzard that's going to come down upon us. It's going to rain down upon us, but in the form of snow and ice. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I had, this is why it's a tragedy because yes, we have a numerous amounts of unhoused people in Indianapolis that nobody cares about. And this is going to be a huge problem to try to get them to safety and warmth. And I'm sure that we will fail as a city. And the other thing that sucks is that I had a hair appointment on Thursday. And now I probably won't be able to go to it. And I won't have, I won't, I can't, I called them today in a panic, just like your mom probably would. And I was like, what do we do? I already had to reschedule this hair appointment. I already am four weeks behind my roots getting done. What will happen? And they're like, well, you'll have to, push your appointment back for another four weeks oh my god so what's your hair gonna look like by that point it will be like i don't i like in the early 2000s when growing out your roots was really hip that's what it's gonna look like but it's not hip it doesn't look good on me no it's not cool at all and i'm it makes me really glad that we don't do video you turn your video off for this um yeah otherwise be forced to look at your you don't want to see this it's a trashy look <clears throat> I'm so sorry. yeah but Whatever. Please don't weep for me. I'll be fine. Um, I wanted to tell you that I was driving to work a couple of days ago and a person drove by with a full, lush, brand new Christmas tree strapped to their roof. <laughs> Whoa. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Did you follow them? That's the person you should have followed, not the well, people I had to you go followed to from work. the vintage store. Where the fuck... That is interesting, huh? I know. And I'm like, where? And they were going the opposite direction of me, too. So I was like, what? Wow. What could they be doing? Are they going to, like, a photo shoot, perhaps? Maybe. Are they putting up a Christmas tree now? Because 
their family member just got back from the war? Possible. Or are they, did they mess up their calendar and they think that it's December? Maybe they're on military time. <laughs> How interesting. Um, How I know. Yeah. And then I also just wanted to tell the podcast the story that I already told you because it's so cute. But I had a a female emergency where I had to basically buy a tampon immediately. And I went to a gas station because sometimes they have them at gas stations. Um, Yeah, sometimes they do. But you always have to ask for them because they're apparently like a stolen item. So you always have to like ask (laughs) the gas station attendant for tampons and be like no give me the super 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 plus please i think the Um, biggest ones you've got it's (laughs) gushing it's really gushing so i went in and i asked them if they had tampons and they didn't know what i meant because they they're like i go to this gas station a lot but they don't understand my version of english very well and um i was and they were like what do you mean and i was like tampon you know like and I was like, this is embarrassing. And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, it's for my period. And they're like, oh. And they're like, we don't have those here. But the other guy was like, that's not embarrassing, ma'am. That's a natural process. And I was like, oh, that's you sweet. guys are so cute. That's a human moment you had there with those I men. I did. It warmed my black, black heart. They probably threw up after you left. <laughs> And then I had to go to the dollar store and wait 45 minutes in line to buy tampons, which is fine. Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry for you, but I'm glad eventually you plugged that gaping hole up and stopped mm-hmm. the rushing river. Yeah, I put the finger in the dam, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway, so are we ready now to get into our topic? I'm really sorry I jumped the gun. I should have surely asked you if you had anything else to discuss. And now I'm blushing. Oh, yeah. Well, I also wanted to distract you from the fact that I didn't find out that much information. I mean, oh, I could have. Really? But... Yeah, sorry. So You could have, but you um, chose not to for today's extremely important episode that everyone has been waiting for? Well, I, I'll, you'll see why I didn't have that much information in a minute. But, okay, so, great. I'm looking forward to being disappointed by you. <laughs> we, thank you for saying that. Um, we have been ignoring the fans... They've been clamoring for this episode for years, basically, um, at this point, hundreds of years. And, and we just haven't wanted to do it. And so finally, we ran out of topics to talk about. And so we were like, I guess we'll give the people what they want. And so we are going to have a loosely based Benefer episode about oh. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I meant Jennifer Aniston. Uh, <laughs> you meant Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> I meant would. Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only famous Jennifers. Um, okay, just kidding. It's JLo, obviously, everyone. And so in order to make this technically a still a food podcast, I had to, like, associate JLo with food and all that really came down to like were thousands upon thousands of websites all the titles were the same and it's what Jennifer Lopez eats in a day <clears throat> what is it well I'll tell you a little bit but they're very conflicting reports so some people say that she eats oatmeal with berries for breakfast some people say that she hates berries <laughs> and what are we supposed to believe here 
She hates all fruit, someone once said. Remember, we discussed this at one point earlier, just like briefly, and we said that she hated exotic fruits and meats. Yeah, so she doesn't like exotic fruits or meats or non-exotic fruits. She's a fruit hater, apparently. Anti-fruitite. Interesting. Yes. So, okay. But the I had to do, you know, some reporting, but basically... I couldn't just list everything that she eats according to these websites because it would take hours and maybe boring. Sure. <laughs> Probably. So I'm just going to do a little roundup. So apparently she drinks seven glasses of water every day, which doesn't seem that much for a Hollywood person. Oh. But what do I know? She doesn't drink caffeine and she has not in years. Why? Why do people do that to themselves with the caffeine? I mean, I get some sort of anxiety, but like, does it have like a lasting effect on their skin or something like caffeine is not good for your skin i don't know man coffee is actually good for you but maybe decaf does the same shit Mm. Mm -hmm. she only eats organic foods because she is very wealthy um she pretty much only eats lean proteins and like carbs but like healthy carbs so the carbs that she likes to eat are sweet potatoes brown rice and oatmeal with or without berries we'll never know (laughs) Um, she has dinner at 6.30 p.m. She does not like fruit. Um, and according to her personal chef, her diet is extremely intense. Um, however, on March 19th, 2018, People.com reported that J.Lo ate Puerto Rican fried pork chops, known as chuletas, at 10 p.m. Oh my fucking God. Can you believe this? Yeah. With rice. She rice. ate rice. And this is going to become important later. Okay. <laughs> Go on. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all I have in terms of her day-to-day diet. She pretty much sticks to a really boring, like, chicken and broccoli lifestyle. Um, egg whites, omelets, even though it's the year 2020, and we know that you can have egg yolks now, and it's okay. Um, encouraged in fact also you know we all know that the word organic is essentially meaningless when it comes to food these days so i don't know if she really needs to go to the extra expense but it's fine whatever she wants to do um moving on j-lo was famously in the movie selena where she played selena um and so i thought we should talk about selena's favorite foods yay i love that so Selena died in 1995, and so her favorite restaurants were Pizza Hut and Olive Garden, and I have to say, same in the early 90s. Those were probably my two favorite restaurants as well. Well, what a cool Along with thing. Chili's. Oh, I loved Chili's as well. I loved every chain restaurant. My favorite is Houston's, as I think I've mentioned on the show before. But it's funny that you say that because we are doing a little bit of an homage, not a full Olive Garden-themed menu this week at Zaza, but like a little wink and a nudge to Olive Garden. I made their like soft breadsticks. We're doing garden salad. We have a chicken Alfredo and broccoli lasagna. So Yum. Yeah. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. I actually love, to this day, the Olive Garden salad. It's really good. Yeah, we're recreating it every week at uh, um, Zaza. Yeah. And also, I worked at Pizza Hut in the mid-'90s, so I... But I also, I wasn't just an employee. I was also a client. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Um, I used to love Pizza Hut, too. I love the salad bar. They had really good ranch. Yeah, Um, very very good. 
Selena also used to love to brag that she could eat an entire medium pizza all by herself. So I think that's pretty cool. Because she had like a great bod. I could also eat a whole medium pizza by myself. A medium pizza is not very big from Pizza Hut anyway. Yeah, that's true. Um, especially if it's thin crust, but it's yeah. okay. I mean, but um, still, we salute you. Yeah, Selena, we definitely salute you. And then she also was really into the Jack in the Box tacos when she was on tour. And I've never had those before. Me neither. I've never been to a Jack in the Box. We didn't have them when I grew up. Well, they had them in Seattle and they were open late. So I definitely went to Jack in the Box and I just, for some reason, I don't think I ever got the tacos. I think I just got like tater tots. Who the hell knows what I was getting there? They have, they have the weirdest menu. Do they really? What is on it? Tater tots and tacos? I like the tater tots part. They have like a full like burgers and fries menu, but then you can also get like tacos and I don't know, other stuff that you wouldn't expect. A burrito perhaps. Like a lobster, a full lobster dinner. A lobster Diablo. Yeah, like a full tuna melt and also <laughs> and also baked Alaska. <laughs> they have just regular burgers and fries with tacos, and then you can get a baked Alaska. It's wacky. <laughs> and it's on fire when they give it to you, which is in dangerous. the bag. It's on if fire. you go through drive <laughs> drive through and you're in a car. Did <laughs> <laughs> uh, they take the risk? Um Okay, I just wanted to divert us for a moment and then get back to J-Lo and the obsessive coverage of what she eats mm. or does not eat. Um, okay, so J-Lo came under fire in 2020 from a website called injohnnyskitchen.com for promoting a low-carb 10-day challenge. So basically, Johnny, I assume his name is Johnny because his website is in Johnny's Kitchen, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. Um, he... And I have to agree with him. Rightly says that she has such a large fan base of vulnerable people um, that she actually has a responsibility not to promote crash diets and show how much weight she lost by not eating a single carb for 10 days. And I was like, you know what? That's true. It is true. true. And also, like, that's the goal, right? Like, that you need... I don't know, it's just ridiculous. But what, when, what year was this that she did this? 2020. Are you fucking kidding me? Exactly. I'm like, this is, we know now that this is not okay, J-Lo. And Johnny's furious. I think other people are furious. Nikki Glaser famously says she has to mute J-Lo sometimes because it triggers her eating disorder. Hmm. And, you know, it's interesting. But it's also like, it really speaks to such privilege as though, like, you know, some people like can't fucking afford to not eat carbs. The carbs, like, simple carbohydrates like bread and pasta and potatoes and rice are cheap. And like, if you don't have a lot of money, that's what you need to sustain on. And to like infer that like everyone should be doing this thing. It's classist. It's also just like completely unnecessary as though like shedding 10 pounds as someone who already looks like JLo, like is important or really for anyone. You know what I mean? It's just very odd. The whole thing. I know. I was really disappointed in JLo when I heard this. And I don't know if Ben Affleck is aware of this. Because mm. I think maybe he would change his mind. And, like, we should let him know somehow. Ben Affleck, sorry. I yeah. his name wrong. Ben Affleck. <laughs> uh, Fleck, yes. Um. <laughs> ben Affleck and the Fleck tones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just some ideas if you decide to start a band... 
Ben a Bela Fleck cover band <laughs> starring Ben Affleck. <laughs> now that's entertainment. Oh, that's um, what I call pizza. Okay. Then that same year. Oh, you know what? Sorry. Johnny's Kitchen was 2019, but still. Still. Close enough. Close enough. In May of 2020, U.S. Magazine reports that J-Lo's chef has revealed to them what happened when he served her rice. Okay. Um, this chef's name is Kelvin Fernandez. Mm-hmm. And he is just basically talking about being her private chef and like the things that he cooks for her, especially when she's getting ready for an event, right? So he's, she's very, very strict on her diet when she's getting ready for an event. And Fernando says, or Fernandez says that he personally has never had breakfast vegetables before, but J-Lo is all about them. So this man, who is a professional chef to the stars, has never had breakfast vegetables before you like he's never had a frittata like he's never had a scramble he's never even had i mean i was just like what this man is obviously not a reliable narrator so take what he says with a grain of salt with a grain of malzahn salt he has never had breakfast vegetables in his life and but he does make them for j-lo because she's like i like that baby um okay so apparently you know she'd been working really hard and he decided to make a family-style meal for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots of different things. And one of the things that he made included rice. And he apparently thought that J-Lo would just avoid the rice danger um, and just ch- have her chicken and broccoli or whatever. Um, but she didn't. Okay? okay? And you know what happened next? She went over to the chef and she said, Hey, Kelvin, you serve me rice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said to him? That's it? Yeah, can can you believe that she said that to him? You served me rice? Yeah. Like, she and didn't have a, to eat it. This is a whole news article, though, about this. Wow. And That's The implication shocking. is that she would say something crazy, but instead she just stated a fact. A fact that <laughs> happened. Now, here's what I think when I hear something like this. Like, I don't understand. I actually fully don't understand how like you could work out that much tour that much be like dancing and singing and doing pilates and yoga and fitness and all this stuff and eating generally pretty good and like a little bit of rice is gonna fuck you up or throw you off you know what I mean like well we don't know how much she ate maybe she ate the whole platter <laughs> just saying these people like make it seem like you have to be so strict with your diet to have like a decent, you know, whatever kind of body they want to look like. Like, I don't get that. Like, I don't see how that's yeah. true. You well, know what I mean? I think that, you know, part of the problem is, is we have all these personal trainers and if, if everyone and personal chefs, if everyone could just eat whatever they wanted, there would be less need for them. So they're perpetuating this I think it's a myth. It's not true that you have to like not personal trainer. It is. (laughs) I'm sorry. If you're fucking like dancing and working out every day and eating generally good, you can have a fucking burger. Like it's not a big deal. It's not going to do anything to your body. It just isn't. I know. You're preaching to the choir here. It's so bizarre. And also, I hope everyone knows that we're just making fun of how the news covers celebrity eating because it's so stupid. It is Um, so stupid. Yes. That is. It's really funny to me. Hilarious. Well, um, she knows that she, what rice is. <laughs> <laughs> so then the chef was like, okay, 
Jennifer, I'm going to prepare your plates individually from now on, even if there's family style and you're not allowed to look at anyone else's food. Wow. <laughs> God, this is wild, huh? I know. It's really strange. Um, I'm like, how do they have time to watch TV? Um, okay. So, <laughs> okay. Moving on. There is a movie that Jennifer Lopez is in called The Wedding Planner. Seen it. Have you seen this? Sure have. Also, I just saw the preview for her new movie about weddings with Owen Wilson. And I Wedding Planner Part 2. Literally couldn't believe it was real. A real trailer. And I felt so bad for Owen Wilson. And I just was shocked by the whole thing. It's called Marry <laughs> Me. Please watch it. Please, everybody, watch well, the preview. Get back to us. Okay. Um... First of all, when I went through all of JLo's movies, I realized that she has been in a lot of terrible movies and or movies I have never seen. I'd have to um, say every single one is bad except for Hustlers. Selena is good. And Selena was good as well. Oh, and, and Out of also, Sight. Out of Sight, one of my favorite movies. Um, but, okay, so Wedding Planner. I've actually never seen The Wedding Planner. It's on TV frequently, and I've seen parts of it. Um, I love but it, but it's I very did bad. Not I did not know about this scene, which apparently is, like, famous. Um, it involves eating. So, apparently there's a scene in which Matthew McConaughey um, has just rescued Jennifer Lopez from being just cr- crushed Fresh. by a garbage truck, splattered all over the street, um, because her heel got stuck in a manhole cover. Um, yeah. which is something that your mother probably worries about happening to you when it's raining. Probably, although <clears throat> you could just slip your heel off, but that's fine. Yes, you could, and whatever. And I you think, should. Of all the things that you're worried about in New York City, getting hit by a garbage truck is not not on the list. No, it's there. Because they do hit people, and they kill them yeah. every year. Um, but I would say it's not on the top 13 things I'm afraid of. Um I'm more scared of, like, scaffolding falling apart and hitting me in the face. That's my um, number one fear, and now it's been replaced by raccoons because I recently discovered that they're in <laughs> fair city. Raccoons, yes. Well, you should only worry about the rabid ones. The other ones are totally fine. You can have them as pets. Um, okay. So Matthew McConaughey casually rescues her from being destroyed by a garbage truck, and they're sitting in, like, a park or something, and he is treating himself to some M&Ms. And... JLo is like, she's watching him and he's picking out all except for the brown M&Ms and throwing them on the ground, I guess. Mm -hmm. The ground. Yeah. He's a litter bug and a waster. Um, (laughs) Very nutritious food, M&Ms. And so this man is also supposed to be a pediatrician. And he tells JLo that he only eats the brown M&Ms because it seems like they have less artificial coloring because chocolate is already brown. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is a doctor. Right. No, I understand. And she proceeds to, spoiler alert, steal this man from his fiance, even after he says this to her. Yeah. She was fine with it. She's like, well, nobody's perfect. <laughs> but also, this makes no logical sense whatsoever. And the article that I read about it actually contacted the poor director to ask him if there was any nutritional value to this statement (laughs) and they're like god i hate you guys no there's not (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) and mike nichols was like how dare you ask me this did he not direct that no i'm totally kidding of course oh my god i was just so offended (laughs) no i was just trying to throw a wrench in it to see if you were still no he was rolling over in his grave but he was still alive um okay (laughs) 
<laughs> and the final food-related item I could find. Um, also, I feel like Anaconda is a good movie, and J-Lo's in that. That's true. Fair um, enough. She's probably got a handful. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, but the, there's another movie that I'd never heard of in my entire life, and it's called Blood and Wine. And that's no. the only part where food comes in. But she plays the mistress of Jack Nicholson, the Whoa. Cuban mistress, I might add, um, oh. in 1997. And I was like, if you if I was doing trivia and someone was like, have Jennifer Lopez and Jack Nicholson ever been in a movie together? I would be, no, they're not. I would but, say the same thing. But we are wrong. I so now we know. Facts. So remember this for the next time you play trivia. Um, <laughs> everyone. Wow, that was very enlightening. I loved it. What a story. What a ride yeah. we went on with you and her. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I answered the question. Has Jennifer Lopez ever starred in the movie with an M&M? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. In her famous role beside a brown M&M. J-Lo. All right, should we take a quick break, Rue? Yeah. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. And guess what, folks? Just when you thought we wouldn't come back with a little information about Ben Fleck and the Flecktones, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know... That Ben Affleck is actually the Ben in Ben and Jerry's. Oh, yes, I did know that. <clears throat> just kidding. Well, his middle name is N. Jerry. So it's just one guy. <laughs> ben and Jerry Affleck. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, I got my information today from Business Insider, Vanity Fair, and of course, Wikipedia. Now, folks, we're going to talk first about Ben Affleck's absolute number one favorite food of all time. And I'm going to give you a little backstory. You know it. I know it. It's a famous Massachusetts treat, Dunkin' Donuts. His favorite food? His favorite food is Dunkin' Donuts. Not any donut. It must be Dunkin' Donuts. And I think he Mm -hmm. prefers little bitsy munchkins. (laughs) Little guinea munchkins. Okay. So... Dunkin' Donuts founder William Rosenberg opened the first Dunkin' Donuts shop in Quincy, Massachusetts in 1948, but it was originally called Open Kettle. Oh. Which is not as catchy as Dunkin' Donuts, but two years later... Open Kettle? Open Kettle. It's like a witch stew restaurant or something. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't, it's not inviting. It's not as good as Dunkin' Donuts, but... Yeah, yeah. 
apparently two years later, um, the architect that was like responsible for doing the restaurant, the uh, coffee shops decided to be like, hey, how about Dunkin' Donuts? Because it's like you dunk a donut into coffee. And uh, five years later, he opens five more locations. And the original is still there in Quincy, Massachusetts, guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that since Ben Affleck is from Massachusetts, that's why he likes it so much. Yes, it's a hundred percent. That's why it's a very Massachusetts. It's a very particularly Boston thing. Did you ever see the Dunkin' Donuts commercial with Casey Affleck in it that they did on SNL? No, it's one of the. It truly is one of the funniest (laughs) SNL skits of all time. It's like a pre-recorded video, and it's like. (laughs) <laughs> it's Dunkin' Kid, and it's just, like, him talking about why he loves Dunkin' Donuts so much. It's really <laughs> fucking funny. I'm going to put a link to it. We'll post it on our Instagram. Okay. Um, It's very, very funny. I encourage everyone, the one person listening right now to go ahead and uh, take a little YouTube dive and look at that. Um. Okay. So then Dunkin' Donuts gets sold to Baskin-Robbins Company in 1990, blah, 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 blah. So something I wanted to mention about Dunkin' Donuts, which really sticks out in my head, um, is the famous um, mascot of Dunkin' Donuts, Fred the Baker. Do you remember this man? I do, because I'm 100. I don't know if our youthful listening audience will know what we're talking about. Okay, so Fred the Baker was a creep who (laughs) (laughs) became like the spokesman for... Dunkin' Donuts, and he was just kind of like an everyman, maybe a little bit like more kind of disheveled even than an everyman who was meant to be like, um, you know, a baker at Dunkin' Donuts, like the owner of a franchise who just like woke up painfully early every day. And if you really were to kind of follow it down what his life was like, it was probably really unsatisfying in a lot of ways. He didn't seem happy. Um, and he would just no, wake up. No, he did go, not. Time to make the donuts. <laughs> and it was just sad. I was like, this person has a lot of pain. Um, so, yeah, but I feel like in case you don't know what we're talking about, this man, it looks like a serial murderer. Yeah. Um, and he, in these cards, you're in these commercials, just you see him waking up in a, like almost like a panic or t- like sleepily, like it's still dark outside. And he says, time to make the donuts and then like scurries around. And he doesn't, as far as we know, have a family or. He does. I think he, where he's seen in bed with his wife at a, a couple of okay. But they don't, just, they don't seem like they have sex anymore. But he was portrayed by an actor named Michael Valet, and the commercials ran from 81 to 97, so that's 16 years. Oh, that's damn. a long time. Yeah. Michael Valet ended up dying of diabetes complications at 83 in, like, the early 2000s. Okay, so he finished his career first. Yes, he didn't die on the spot. But So Michael Valet grew up in Brooklyn, and he was dubbed, quote, the actor by his childhood friends because of his ability to imitate ballplayers and celebrities. After serving in the U.S. Army Signal Corps during World War II, he studied dramatic workshop at the New School with classmates Tony Curtis, Ben Gazzara, and Rod Steiger. Who's Ben Gazzara? An actor from that time. (laughs) And Rod Steiger, as we know, of course, is um, from Jaws. Yeah. Wait. Who is he in Jaws? The the sheriff of the town. No, that's Rob Schneider. Yeah, that's not Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> but it, the the main character in Jaws is not Rod Steiger. You're Rod Steiger. I think <laughs> it is, yeah. No, it's not. Roy Schneider. Roy Schneider. 
Oh, right. Rod Steiger is another actor, but he was a very famous <laughs> actor in like the 50s. That's wait, who did you say? Roy Schneider? Roy Schneider, yeah. No. Yes. That guy's name is not Roy Schneider. Yes, it is. Is it really? <laughs> yes, it's looking at the fucking Peter right now. And also, Roy Schneider is a famous actor, also in Sequest DSV. Roy Schneider. You're starring right. Jonathan Brandis. Okay, great. Well, anyway, he went to school with Rod, uh, Rob Schneider and Rob Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> they were all together. That's not important. Now, let's move on from this very embarrassing moment. Um, he, <laughs> <laughs> um, before he was the sleepy-faced uh, mascot of Dunkin' Donuts, he was a pitch man for Breakstone's Cottage Cheese and Sour Cream, playing the, playing the company's founder, quote, Sam Breakstone. We don't know if this person existed or not, um, but he played Sam Breakstone, and his pursuit of perfection caused him to rant and rave with each bit ending in a pint-sized terrier nipping in his pants legs. So he did this oh, in the 70s, right. and in one, he uh, co-starred in the commercial with uh, Jeffrey Tambor, who is famously in um, Thelma and Louise. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the star of Jaws. Famous star of Jaws, Jeffrey Tambor. Hey, now. Um, so anyway, a couple more things about Dunkin' Donuts. Did you know that you cannot buy one single munchkin? You can't? No, allegedly no, which I find to be absolutely shocking, and I can't believe that's even true. Well, so what's the minimum? I think four. <laughs> Seems so arbitrary. Four? I would fucking throw down if I was going to Dunkin' Donuts. In fact, I'm going to go into one now just to try to get one munchkin. That's the okay, whole yeah, point you... of a motherfucking munchkin. Somebody who's just like, I just want a little tiny bit of donut. I don't want a whole donut. What's else? What yeah. else? Why else are you even making them? I don't get it. Well, I think the point of munchkins is that you just bring them into the office. I never want morning. to take one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't really understand or like that. And they're not like making them specifically. They're just the literal hole from the donut. I know. It's very smart. It's smart marketing. <laughs> um, okay. There are more than 600 Dunkin' Donuts in New York City alone. Okay. Enter Whoa. Ben Geza Affleck Bolt. Born August 15th, 1972. He is almost 50 American years old. Yes. That's right. He is a Leo. Just like you. You two freaky deekies are... Two peas in a pod. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so he's an American actor and filmmaker. This is according to his Wikipedia page. His accolades include two Academy Awards and three Golden Globe Awards. He began his career, let us not forget, as a child when he starred in the PBS educational series, The Voyage of the Mimi. <laughs> that's right. We've already talked about the history of Ben Affleck. I know. I just wanted to remind oh, okay. our listener. That's all. Okay, great. Okay. So now this is from an article written for the business, wait, what did I say? Business Today? Business Insider. Okay. Mm -hmm. Great. Here we go. Um, in a year of uncertainty and stress, there's been one constant, Ben Affleck love for Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> Affleck, who okay. claims to drink Duncan every day, has two constant partners during a pandemic. This is obviously before J-Lo, his girlfriend and fellow actor and cardboard cutout, Anna DeArmas, and a cup of Duncan iced coffee. <laughs> as many celebrities stayed out of sight Affleck appeared in countless paparazzi, paparazzi photos with his trusty Duncan at his side trusty wow. um, the article goes on to say that aside from the Red Sox and clam chowder Dunkin Donuts is as Boston as it gets 
Red Sox. Oh, not red, actual Red Sox. No, not actual Red Sox. Exactly. That's right. (laughs) Um, Okay. So people kind of go back and forth wondering whether or not he's being paid to do this. And then in Vanity Fair, the author pontificates saying, after all, Duncan has rolled out some wild marketing in 2020 from a partnership with Homesick Candles to a merch lineup that includes bedding and scrunchies. A sponsorship deal with Ben Affleck would not be out of the realm of possibility. This is a full Vanity Fair article about Dunkin' Donuts and Ben Affleck loving each other so much. Somebody had to cover it. It was becoming the elephant in the room. It really was. Um, So the author says, quote, so I was at Dunkin' getting a nice coffee this morning and asked the manager to help me. So I was like, random question. If I ask corporate, really, I asked if corporate really shares Ben Affleck's coffee order with them in case he comes in, because this is the rumor that every Dunkin' Donuts in the world knows his coffee order just in case he comes in. He doesn't have to use his mouth to ask for it. Uh, and that's why you want to become a celebrity. Exactly. That's the whole goal. That's the whole thing. So she said, oh, yes, iced coffee with a, quote, shitload of sugar. And they Ew. give us a heads up when he's going to be in Chicago. She also said that he has a spawn con deal, and that's why he's always photographed with coffee in his hands, even in cities where there's no Dunkin'. So he what? brings he's his own photographed cup. in cities where there's no Dunkin' Donuts. Apparently, Holding. and he, he must bring his own cup and fill it with just like outsider coffee. <laughs> Does J Lo know about how much sugar he puts in his coffee? Because I feel like she would not be into that. I agree. It seems very strange. Hmm. So, from one of the internet's most prominent um, Affleck bloggers, Kevin Slane, who's a writer for Boston.com. This Vanity Fair author asks him to verify whether or not Affleck's go-to order really is iced coffee with a quote, chillet of sugar. Kevin says, quote, ordering a Dunkin' coffee regular means they mix three sugars and three creams. And at the end, it doesn't look far off from what he has in the photo, as uh, you can tell. However, I recently wrote another piece about a second set of Affleck coffee photos that are frankly befuddling. The thick, unmixed layer of liquid sugar at the bottom makes my teeth itch. There's a chance he has come that he has some flavor swirls sitting at the bottom, but I think those would have colored the coffee a bit more, he writes. The two most likely possibilities in my mind are that an employee simply forgot to mix the drink, unlikely since it's for Ben Affleck, or that Ben ordered a large iced coffee with at least six sugars and ask them not to mix it so he can get a hit of pure sweetness at the end of his beverage a hit that's more like that's like four pounds that's too much even for someone who's an addict honestly it seems like a lot of sugar hmm ben if you're listening please verify what's happening here who who was this person that analyzed his coffee uh this would be kevin slain a writer for boston.com <laughs> okay great well Thank you for doing the Lord's work. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin, we, we salute you. So Affleck's order, uh, so while the writer for Vanity Fair is trying to like confirm the order, she gets a <clears throat> message from a spokesperson for the company who wrote via email. Hi, Hunter. Hope you're well. Please see the below information from Duncan regarding your Ben Affleck question. The below <laughs> said, quote, we are grateful for Ben Affleck's continued loyalty to Duncan, and we are proud to offer his favorite choices to keep him running. Duncan does not track Ben's whereabouts or alert franchises of any preferred order. Yeah, right. Anyway, that's the skinny on Ben Affleck's uh, coffee addiction. And it just also, like, promotes me to wonder why we always see celebrities, like, 
drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee and Starbucks coffee. And I'm just like, don't these people like have any interest in supporting like their local coffee shop? It seems just really strange if you could choose from anything. And I'm not even saying Dunkin' Donuts coffee is good or bad. It just, I am always like, this is weird. Mostly with really Starbucks. Like Dunkin' Donuts. I'll go to Starbucks every once in a while and get an iced latte. But they um, just always seem to be at Starbucks. And I'm like, there's so many nice coffee shops everywhere. Like, I'm not saying really pro or against Starbucks or Dunkin'. It's just I think it's weird for some reason. Yeah, well, Ben also likes that chain Mexican restaurant um, that's not Qdoba, but it's like Qdoba. Um, do you remember what I'm talking about? Rod Steiger's uh, Fajita Grill. Hold on. We, there was one here in Indianapolis. I don't even know if it's still um, around. I think it's like an L.A.-based place. But whatever, he was like photographed constantly eating in this. No, it's not that. It's Macaroni like... Grill. No, it's a Mexican. Um, okay, well, while you figure that out, I'm going to tell you some more stuff about Ben Affleck and his eating habits and his weight. So you after his agree. split from Anna de Armas, um, and after he was seen shoving a cardboard cut out of her into a garbage compactor, Ben Affleck has allegedly been losing weight because he doesn't like to eat post-Anna de Armas split. <laughs> um, even though a nutritionist gave Affleck a sensible meal plan, he re- allegedly refused to stick to it. The actor has allegedly uh, stopped eating bread and pasta. He usually just eats fruits and nuts. So this I could see being a very big point of contention for him and Jennifer Lopez, a pro right. fruit and an anti fruit. Maybe they can agree on the nuts. Let's hope so. Well, Jennifer Lopez does like to have a handful of nuts because the protein yeah, she helps does. her stay full. And I, <laughs> and here's something that I always think: I tried having a handful of nuts as something that satiates me when I'm starving, mm-hmm. and it does not work. <laughs> it doesn't work. It just goes right through. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm like, oh, great. Now I don't have to eat again for many hours because I had seven almonds. Right. I'm still very hungry after I eat seven almonds. Totally. Seven almonds is just a tease. But if you eat any more than seven, you're essentially having all your calories for the day. So nuts are a trap. Stay away from nuts. Um, so <laughs> Ben Affleck got up to 245 pounds for the movie The Way Back. Um, and so he says and how he gained the weight, he says, quote, just let it go. Like totally let it go. Like a gallon of ice cream at midnight watching like headline news or unsolved murders or something. The actor 47 said during a Q and a from the, uh, on the film from Atlanta on Wednesday, a gallon of ice cream. Wow. It's a lot. Why do you even buy a gallon of ice cream these days? It's a lot of ice. That's a great question. And like, it's just like a lot of one thing. That's always kind of my thought about like when these actors are like, I eat Taco Bell every 30 minutes all day. I'm like, you don't have to just like do that. You guys are seemingly so stupid with like everything, about everything. You either only eat like steamed chicken or you eat a gallon of ice cream. There is an in-between. Um, Affleck has been open about his struggle with alcohol addiction, said that since he couldn't mimic the drinking habits of his character with alcohol, he used food. I wasn't drinking mm. myself at the time. So I couldn't actually drink and I'm still not, I'm not drinking. I'm sober, but I'm totally indulged in a very alcoholic way with food. It was just about eating as much junk food and carbs as possible. I'm a carb guy. I like pizza and bread. That's it. That's all you need to know about Ben Affleck. We don't know anything else about what he eats. He and Jail are going to have a problem. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, is that motherfucking rice on your plate? He's like, no, it's (laughs) cauliflower. She's like, that looks like rice. (laughs) <laughs> you are eating rice you're eating rice you bad boy get that rice away from me 
<laughs> Grace is not nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, that is um, basically all you need to know about Ben Affleck's eating habits. There's not much more on the internet that's available. Um, he loves munchkins. We'd love to know what your favorite flavor is. I'm going to go ahead and say jelly. I don't think, do they have jelly-filled munchkins? Absolutely they do. That's the best munchkin. A tiny little jelly munchkin. Yummy. Or a mm. chocolate frosted munchkin. Not a frosted, a chocolate donut that's like glazed in that spermy yeah. glaze. I don't really like jelly-filled, so it's not going to be for me. And, or like a cinnamon sugar munchkin. Munchkins yeah, the cinnamon are ones are my favorite ones. Yeah. Yeah, munchkins are, are chill. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am remembering a time when a manager at Brucey brought in Dunkin' Donuts and I threw them in the trash because I was what? being a big bitch. I was being so mean. <laughs> I think I was angry with this person anyway. And then I was like, you know, we don't eat these here. As some fucking high horse I was like pretending to be on. So I threw them out <laughs> and then Haji like went and ate them out of the trash, which I <laughs> admire that he did that. I was being so I mean. I really, too, yeah, it was like such a dumb, awful thing to do on my part. Yeah, and if they're still in the box, who cares where they're sitting? <laughs> exactly. I'm glad he ate them out of the trash. It's ridiculous to throw food away like that. Um, but anyway, we all have to admit to our mistakes. Um, yeah. Do you have any top, like, three, let's say, Ben or Jen movies? Well, I, we already listed all of the JLo movies that we approve of. Um, out of Sight, um, Selena, and I'll do Anaconda. Whatever. Okay, great. As for Ben, I like the movie Argo. I like... I think I've seen that. The movie The Town. Oh, yeah. It's not necessarily good, but I do like it. And I I like... um, What was the other one that I was going to say? God damn it. Ben. Fucking A. What was I just going to say? I had like an actual good Ben Affleck movie in my Oh, of course. Small Rats. He's not really like heavily featured in that, but that is one of my yeah. favorite movies of all time. And his character, I always just have picture that he's exactly like that. Totally. I like that movie too. It's amazing. It's very funny. Um, okay. Well, what a fabulous episode, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this lived up to all your hopes and dreams. Um, and then some. <laughs> it did for and me. And if you're listening, mysterious Christmas tree driver, tell us what the scoop is. Oh, yeah. Please send in your theories as to, like, what this could be about, and uh, we'll post them somewhere in either. Oh, yeah. And also, I can't find the name of the chain Mexican restaurant that Ben Affleck liked to go to in, like, the early 2000s. So please, someone find it and tell us what it was. And please, somebody also <laughs> tell us the difference between Ron Schneider and Rob Steiger. Rod Steiger. And Ron, Ron Sh- and Rob, Rob Thomas. Schneider and Rob Thomas. And Dave Thomas. <laughs> uh, okay. Love you guys. That's La Pasta. Bye-bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.